This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. What kind of super ager are you? Go to ageist.com slash quiz. Take the super ager quiz and we'll send you directed personalized information to help you super age the best that you can. Welcome to episode 171 of the Super Age Podcast. So great to have you with us, especially because this podcast will be dropping on February the 14th, Valentine's Day, woo 2024. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. Go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Divi, hair care products specifically designed for men and women who are concerned with hair loss and scalp health. Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Aegis, save 20% off your first order. Today's show is also brought to you by Timeline Nutrition with their breakthrough product, MitoPure, the first clinically tested urolithin A supplement, which is showing tremendous results for mitochondrial health. Go to TimelineNutrition.com slash Aegis, use the code Aegis at checkout, and save 10% off your first order of MitoPure. So hoping everybody is having or had a wonderful Valentine's Day. This week on the show, we've got Mary Jane Fahey. And Mary Jane had a rather dramatic career pivot. And we love those. She worked in publishing at uh, very high levels of that. She was a designer. And when that business changed, she created something new. She created a community called Glorious Broads. And I just love the idea of people creating communities because in the context of super aging, you know, here we talk about a lot about nutrition and exercise and biochemistry and things like that. But hey, guess what? Community is absolutely essential. We are social animals and we thrive in community. And I can say we don't do so well without community. Last I heard loneliness was up there with smoking as far as you know health hazards. So she has created a new community called Glorious Broads, which has just been exploding on social media, especially Instagram, where she stops women on the street and she asks them about things that are important out there. She talks about sex. She talks about life in general, relationships. She talks about a lot of things that, well, maybe don't get talked about enough. And I think because of that and because of the way that she really promotes and celebrates this phase of life. And as she says, removes the fear. She's working to remove the fear of what it's like to be this age. And I believe she is 73 now and seems to be thriving. So we're going to get with our conversation with Mary Jean Fahey in just a second. A quick update on my situation. We are in Utah today where I will be for another five or six days I'm having some ongoing issues with my knee, which are just an irritation. And I tell myself, you're behaving as an athlete. And one of the things about being an athlete is things tend to hurt from time to time. And I'm having some bit of irritation on the outside of my left knee. We did another MRI. They're doing some injections of hyaluronic acid to hopefully get things to calm down. And I have to think a little bit of this is age-related as much as I like to live in denial, I'll say, of my age. I am 65, and there are 65 years on 
my joints. And I do engage in a fairly knee-intensive sport, um, ski racing, which I try to do three or four hours a day, four or five days a week. So I think that might be having something to do with it. I don't know. What do you think? I'll, or maybe I'll just stay in denial on that. So I'm going to be in New York next week. And then I think for another like about 14 days. And then I'm off on this wild circumnavigation of the earth. I go to Hong Kong for a couple of days to do a presentation there. And then I go to Kuala Lumpur, do another presentation. And then since Kuala Lumpur is exactly 12 hours the other side of New York, I could either go back the same way I can or I can go the other way. So I'm going via Dubai, which is a city I've never been to. And I'll be meeting some people there for a, a day, actually. And then I fly back to JFK. And all of this happens in seven days. And I feel like, like a contestant in The Amazing Race or something. It's going to be a lot of time on airplanes, which I'm not a huge fan of. But it's, you know, whatever. It's seven days and then it'll be over. Probably going to take me a week or so to recover from that. And then we'll be back in Utah. We're going to get with Mary Jane Fahey in just a quick moment after a couple of words from our sponsors. Today's show is also brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. I've been using Inside Tracker for over three years now. I've been able to reduce my inner age from my chronological age of 65 to an inner age now of 56. I did this gradually over time following their recommendations. Because not only with Inside Tracker do I have a dashboard to my inner health knowing what's going on inside me, I also have a roadmap on how to improve that. Their food first, supplement second recommendations have helped me tremendously. I recommend everyone get a dashboard to their inner health. Go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also sponsored by Divi whose products take hair, scalp, and self-care to the next level. Hair loss affects 80 million Americans, and it's not just men. Over 40% of Americans who experience hair loss are women. Divi was created when Danny Austin went through an emotional hair loss journey. She took it upon herself to research and learn about the importance of and the routines behind scalp health. Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. It can be used by men and women of all ages who want to start or continue their scalp care journey. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Well, we have a special offer for those listening to the Super Age podcast and for the Ageist audience. Go to diviofficial.com slash Ageist. That's D-I-V-I-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L.com slash Ageist or enter Ageist at checkout and get 20% off your first order. As always... Stay tuned. After my conversation with Mary Jean Fahey about Glorious Broads and her history and how she created that community, and we will do Just Try This, that little tidbit of information that will hopefully help you live a little healthier, a little longer. Right after my conversation with Mary Jean Fahey, let's give her a call right now. Hey, Mary Jane, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you? There was like so much drama getting the technology to work today. So I'm good, but semi-rattled. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I'm sending you some good vibes over there. We had our first snowfall um, ever. And where, where does this find you today? New York City. I live in the West Village. And um, the snow was beautiful for about 15 minutes. And I got out there mm. just to experience it. And now it's crap. But we had a moment. 
I lived in the West Village for about 15 years. I lived in the archive building. At oh, you did? Oh, yeah. fantastic. Wow. I wonder if it looked like it does now. Was it all new and fabulous 15 years ago? Uh, I guess so. Oh, no, no. There was like burning cars out on the piers. There was just like... Oh, why? Well, yeah. And I'd be, you know, regular murders and the meatpacking was ago, like... Yeah. It, oh, it, yeah. it was... You didn't just... You didn't go up there at night. It was like an adventurous oh, no. kid. That was dangerous up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, beautiful building. Interesting. Well, there you go. You know the hood. Yeah, Michael Coors lived across the hall from me for like 15 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great. Great. I bet he's fun. Really fun. He's, he's a lovely man. And uh, Monica Lewinsky lived in that building. And oh, there was just like a lot of sort people, of like, yeah. it was very colorful back then. Yes, 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 yes. You know, and back then is, I love it here, but it has been vanilla out. But they say that about a lot of parts of New York, and I don't want to be in New York. It just, it has, and you work around it. And it's still beautiful. I'm happy for that. Yeah, and it's, you know, you're not going to walk out your door and worry about getting stabbed. So that's that's a plus. There's that. There's that. That's (laughs) Um, the whole thing outside like it was in the old days. I don't know about you. I moved to New York in 1978. And I lived in the East Village. Oh, wow. People were like, oh, that must have been great. And it's like, in no, it was very Village. not great. Oh, East it Village was like in the 70s. war zone. Oh, you get the cool yeah. part here. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I, mean, they would, they, I, I lived across from the park. They would take oh. bodies out of that park in the morning. It was oh, wow. super dangerous. Yeah. So, yes, of course. Yeah, I like, the, I like the new New York. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Where are you living now? I'm not sure. No. I live between Park City and Lower Manhattan. So we have a place oh, on Canal, it, a different flavor. It's it's an 80-story blue glass high rise that's at the intersection <laughs> of Canal Street and the East River. You've done that. Um, You've done that. Thing. We've done that. Yeah, I don't need to, I'm, I don't need to do that again. But we're yeah. here not so much to talk about our history in New York, but I want to talk about you and Glorious Broads and all of that. So what is this and what are you doing? Okay. I would say for the last four years, maybe three and a half years, I've really been focusing on Glorious Broads. It started out as just uh, an interest for me, and and then it became an obsession for me, and now it is a real passion. So we're a community. I collect these community of broads, all very unconventional. They really have a lot of chutzpah and they teach me on a regular basis about how to age and how to live. I would say in the beginning, and and I still am mostly interested in women 60 plus, but in occasional, I will have a dive into a younger woman who just has all of the equivalents of what is the glorious broad. So we teach each other and we very much teach the younger women about going ahead and not being so fearful of next. I'm going to just sort of touch on your background. Tell us a little bit about like, you know, before you started doing this, what were you doing? We were talking about Brian Eno before, and that was my first job to work as a baby designer at Island Records, <laughs> which sounds extremely <laughs> glamorous, but I was dope. <laughs> I was basically, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was a great place to be. Um, and since kind of working as a designer, I moved over to publication design. And there I really excelled because I loved doing storytelling as well as graphics and um, as well as directing. 
Uh, there, as I said, I soared. Um, I worked for a firm, you may know him, Roger Black, and we had fantastic sure. people working with us. And um, our my big job when I got there to, was to work with Esquire. And that was an mm-hmm. amazing group. I learned from the best and not only about design, but again, about storytelling. Um, since then, I started my own business, had a great partner, David O'Connor, and uh, we started working globally. Um, we worked all over the world and it was as glamorous as it sounds. And then, as you know, the uh, economy went down and it no longer became fun for me to squabble with younger designers or any designers about price. Um, and so, no, they were no longer coming to me, willing to give me what I wanted. And it just become much, much less fun. And um, from then, I knew I could write. And the difference, as you know, you think you can write and then you start writing and you find out, damn, you're good and you love it. You love it. So I went from that world over to this other world. And it actually happened at ARP. I was hired over there to be a designer and Myrna, Myrna Blythe was the woman that I was working for, a real character, a real character who I think is in her late 80s and still there running that ship. <laughs> and she saw my glorious broad projects, which I had on the side. She'd call me in and say, girl, would you like to be the editor of Disrupt Aging? I think you have the stuff for it. That's amazing. And she gave me that job and I learned on the job how to be an editor. So that's what happened. That's where I went from just visual to editor to write, do, doing more of writing. And Disrupt Aging was all about working with, of course, finding many women, but finding all kinds of people who disrupted their lives. So my project was in sync with Disrupt Aging and the rest is history. I left Disrupt Aging because it, it it's it's ARP and so they didn't let me push it as much as I want. I had a good time there and it was time to move on. And here I am in Glorious Broads. I find the ARP people are one step this side of like the people who knock on your door and want to sell you a Bible. They're just really like, I don't you know. know. Uh, um, I'm going to be um, real. I'm going to be real in saying that they have some very good people working there, but it is truly a corporate life that I do not understand. Mm-hmm. So they have so many layers of bullshit that to get really a great thing through is a lot of work. And it confirmed the life that I lived, which was no corporate. <laughs> and it's too bad because it's known as just, you know, the the magazine that you get and nothing else. But in fact, they have lots of initiatives that, people don't know about and that are not as radical as they should be. Let's talk about the word that you mentioned earlier was fearful, moving forward without fear. Talk to me about that. Well, there are a number of reasons why I started Glorious Broads, but one of them, I remember this moment so well, sitting across from one of the most beautiful friends I have in the beauty industry. And she had just turned 45 and her husband was giving her a hard time. And she said, if he had done this to me 10 years ago, I could have started my life over again. But now I'm in my 40s. There's nothing ahead. I'm beginning to look like hell. And all of this fear came at me about how she perceived herself. 
And I'm sitting across one of the most vibrant, sexual, and beautiful women that I know. And um, that just that just made me like, I need to buck this thing, this fear we all have about what's coming next. She's still in the beauty industry, and that damn industry really relies on women's fears. That's the kind of stuff I want to buck. And I'm not saying, you know, don't get your face done. I don't care how you age. As long as you're a grown up and you're not 15. Um, but it would be great if more of us went through life in a more natural way and were okay with it and went forward in life uh, and looking for the adventures rather than worrying. I agree, 100%. There are a couple of things there. Um I have noticed that this sort of fear of future self and what will happen, there's a commonality with people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. <laughs> you know, yes. I hear this on and on. It's like, oh, my God, I'm almost 30. Oh, my God, I'm almost 50. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm almost whatever. You know, pick the number. It's like, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, I, I understand I'm not in the enter- entertainment industry yet. Uh, but um, uh, the people like Jennifer Aniston and other people like her, she's a ball, she's funny, but she's always going to be 30. And that's just such an unhealthy mm-hmm. image. You know, give me those who change in life. And it's kind of an interesting adventure to say, hmm, oh, well, okay, this is who I am now. <laughs> but it's much more than that. It's, 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 as, as you know, it's, it's fear of the future in many ways, not just our looks, our health. And there's mm. an inability then to see clearly what can be done. And so many simpler things can be done to change a life that will just be declining. I agree. I think it was Peter Lindbergh, the fashion worker Peter Lindbergh, who said oh, yeah. something about terror of perfection. I don't know Jennifer Aniston. But it will be very difficult in the future for Jennifer Aniston to continue to do whatever she's doing to, like, remain 30 or 40 or whatever. Like, there's sort of a limit to that. Then what? <laughs> I used to say, uh, and then your face will no longer match your hands. But now they have all kinds of crazy things to do your hands. <laughs> it's just a cycle that, you know, you have to choose to get off to a certain degree. Look, I'm vain. As you see, my red lipstick is on. But, um, uh. I just, uh, I just want to be a little more healthy, and not, not, not just me. The rest of the world. I think vanity is great. I think, yes. I think vanity has gotten a really bad rap. They're like, oh, they're Absolutely. just vain. Well, what's the problem with that? I don't. Absolutely. Oh, without your <laughs> you want to take care of yourself? Is that a problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, it's a joy. Exactly. I spoke to Dr. Connie Mariano, who is the head of White House Medical under Clinton and Bush one. And she has a medical practice in Arizona. And she says that vanity is like the gateway to health. She says, people will come to them and be like, Oh, it's my, it's my daughter's wedding or it's, I got to go to the beach or whatever. Get me into shape in like three or four months. And they do. And then suddenly they're like, Oh, vanity is, I mean, done correctly. You can, you know, go full Donatella on this. But assuming yes. you don't, to be healthy and to be vibrant and vital, what's wrong with that? I don't, I don't see. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, soon I'm going to try this program of getting, uh, I mean, I always work out, but I'd like to see how strong I can be. I'm about to turn 74, not for four, four more months, but I want to see how strong I can be. And I'm also going to say, I want to see how hot I can be. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's wrong with that? And by the way, I can tell you, you can get really badass strong. Like I've seen this so many times, especially with women in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Well, I think I'm going to try this weightlifting thing. And they oh. realize like they can become powerful and how yeah. awesome that is. <laughs> it's like totally doable. Yeah. yeah. I got in the best shape when I got a divorce and at, at 50, I chubbed up. And at 50, it was just like, let's see what I could do. I didn't have a goal. I didn't want to date yeah. the universe. I already was. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to see. And it was so wonderful to be strong and to look great. It affects yeah. everything. A hundred percent. I mean, we tell people all the time, your ambitions, your your view of the future, all of this sits on the fulcrum of one thing. How do you feel about your physicality? Strong is good. It's good for the mental health and for everything. Yeah. <laughs> it reflects. If you have a sense of some amount of physical strength versus you don't actually have to feel really strong. It's just like you don't feel weak. You feel like you have capacity. That affects your emotional interactions with people. You're no longer scared to talk to people. I just think that's great. It's how you present yourself. I was just listening to one of your podcasts yeah. where you were skiing, skiing with your really skiing, really pushing yourself. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I'm still trying to language this better, but this idea of living aggressively, not being an aggressive person, but living oh, like aggressively, like to just yes. to just sort of keep pushing out for more. One of the problems I have with the word retirement is it brings means to pull yeah. back and to be less oh, than. If somebody else wants to do that, that's great. Whatever you want to do, it's your life. Well, it doesn't work for me. This morning I was up with my ski racing class <laughs> and it's, you know, it is consequential. Things can happen. <laughs> But that's okay. You sort of keep it within the realm of what's, you know, reasonably sane and not super dangerous, but continuing to, to learn, to push, to be like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. As you talk about being fearful about the future, I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> it's probably you that's talking, but I feel really strongly about this pushing the envelope, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, intellectually. Are you learning new language? Are you learning to play an instrument? You know, are you having trouble with your kids, or your spouse, and it's just emotionally difficult? Okay, that's your hard thing. The thing that you're avoiding, that's the hard thing. And I think for a lot of people, especially guys, the physical stuff is the most obvious thing, right? It's not the hard thing. <laughs> They're doing that to avoid the actual hard thing, which is maybe talking to their spouse. But that's sort of hard to discern, I think, in the moment. But whatever you're doing to expand your capacity and push into the world, that changes that fearfulness about the future because now you recognize this possibility. I also think too, this has happened for to me and I, and I know too many, but I did have the, we all lose people, that's life, but I did have the loss of two mm. sisters. One really took care of themselves and the other, she was naughty and funny and she didn't get take care of herself at all. But to see the, I, there will be the, the end of my life. And that made me more fearless. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I Why not take this chance and create this community? I am not alone here feeling more brave about the fact that there's less time ahead. It's a big why not. 
<laughs> Somebody once told me, like, so, so what are they going to do to you? <laughs> yes. Like, right. what are they going to do to you? Right. You this thing. So, what's the. <laughs> What are they going to, you know, the some like form of the police, the thought police are going to come after you for like daring to make um, glorious broads? No, <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, when I was younger, I I, 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 I certainly did have a successful career as a, a designer and a creative director. And I, I was afraid to leave it at first, but then I guess mm. through the death of his sister, not to be a bummer, but it was just like, oh. I'm out of here. Next. It was a big, it, it was a big next. This is something that I think about a lot. This idea of identity and then mission. You know, I hear a lot of times like, this is who I am. It's who I've always been. It's just what I'm going to do. From there follows like, okay, what is your purpose? What are you doing? What's your mission? What's your ambition? Having like what you did, having some imagination and flexibility about who you could possibly be. Oh, like this world that you were in. You excelled at, but it was kind of shrinking. So, okay, maybe I'm something else besides this thing that I defined myself as. But, but it was something, as I said, well, I think this is a help to people, but it, it was something I suspected I'd be good at. Now, I have not written the big, mm -hmm. deep mm -hmm. novel. That's in the future. <laughs> but it was projects, starting with projects and and creating content for projects. And I think for me, and I think I bet for a lot of other people that all of the dots lined up, you know, having been a storyteller through imagery and then a storyteller now, but in a different way, it's all leading in the same way, which is purposeful storytelling. Only now it's mine and I'm not working for the man. <laughs> Which is great. I actually think if somebody were to come to me and say, what's the skill set that I need in life? Some younger person, I would say exactly that. Purposeful storytelling. Like if you can do that, you can communicate and you can move people and you can apply that to whatever purpose you want. But it is the sort of skill that's very difficult to replace. Yes. I wanted to say this. I think this connects to where we're going, but something that this community that I'm in, I'm not saying I'm creating, but I'm creating. I have friends now with an 80, my, my bestie is an 85 year old woman. I have a woman down the street who's a buddy and she just turned 101. And then another good friend is like, I think she just turned 35, but I no longer call them Oh, my black friend or my Latino friend or my 85. Now they're just all in the same pot with different purposes. Mm. That was, that was very big for me. Instead of just putting everyone into different folders, it's just like, Oh, we're just broads together. <laughs> Talk to me about that realization. What oh, happened? I, there? I can, how did you, how did that happen? It's Liz Friedman. She uh, has taught me so much. She's 85. I often feature her on Glorious Broads. Um, she is one of the most open-minded, funny, soulful, chutzpah creatures I have ever known. And and we have a background together. I am hitting 74. But it's more than numbers. It's a spirit. And I think she made me realize that I I was still 
more astonished when I met her. Oh, she's 84 and she really is. It's, it's not that. It's just who she is. And she, she is, she does. I always bring up people's, uh, she's very healthy and she does her Pilates four days, four days a week. She's on it to, in order to have a mind that is as loose as Ed can be and her body moves like, so I think that, that Liz, was my opening the doors for me of possibilities, of my possibilities. I have a partner now. He's a lovely guy. He just turned 75. But man, it makes me crazy when he said, well, we're still living. Do not do that to me. (laughs) I'm seeing all these fabulous older people and it just makes me look forward. Don't put me in any box. You know this. It's what we're fighting all the time. As human beings, we systematize. That's just yes. what we do. Every situation cannot be novel or you'd lose your mind. Like, right? You have to sort of say like, okay, this sort of reminds me of whatever. And so now I sort of know how to behave here. I, I've had sort of a similar thing. There are people that work with me who are much younger. There are people that I interview who are much older. There, there are people from different cultures. And I think this probably goes back to the physical thing. I feel like the reason some, sometimes that we denigrate people who are older or younger or they're different color or whatever. It's because we're scared, right? We just, we're like, we're scared of the new, essentially the the fear of something new. This is, we we don't like this. And I I think that the stronger we are, the less that affects us, right? It's just like you, you can see somebody older and you can think like, Oh, well that could be my future. Okay. But that doesn't scare me or somebody's younger. They're not threatening to me or somebody who's, you know, whatever. And I feel like the stronger we are in ourselves, the more that we can accept and acclimate to these new situations and an openness that that you described. Yes. I think that's a very good way of putting it. What it also reminds me of is there were things when I was younger that I would be afraid of. Um, You know, my background in school Mm -hmm. is school of visual arts. It's all art. And when I, when I would meet someone who's a Yaley or a Harvard, I'd be, am I as smart as them? And, and now, you know, Liz Friedman is a perfect example of being a Yaley or a Harvard. And now I just ask questions. <laughs> if I don't understand, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great place to be. My wife is much smarter than I am. Whenever That's she's great. in a new situation, she says, she's always like, I'm new here. Could you help me and show me out like what's going on here? And I have adopted that and just mm-hmm. like, um, I, this is my first time here. You, could you show me what's going on? What do you know? And people yeah. are always more than forthcoming about all of that rather than I've got to be like the tough guy and I got to know it all and just sort of like, I'm a regular here. No. <laughs> right, 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 right. Faking it, faking it gets you nowhere in every way. <laughs> Right, right. I'm curious about where do you see Glorious Broads going? What's like as you imagine down the road? What are you looking at? Sure, sure. Well, um, in the last year, no, two years, I met a partner uh, for my business, fabulous gay man, and he has changed my life um, in Glorious Broads. And in that I had a big picture of, of it, but it was a little gray. And um, with him, he's a director. 
we've come up with the, te- I came up with the television idea. Uh, but having met him, it was more than something on paper. We just created this sizzle. And I think that the television idea, I can't get too into it with you until it's out in the world, but it has to do with sex and women. And it's funny as hell. And um, I think it could be glorious broad New York, glorious broad Chicago, glorious broad Rio. That's one aspect of it through this television platform. But I also see it um, being a community that's different from it. I'm not putting anybody down, but I think I'm about to put people down. (laughs) But it's not a silver-haired community thing. It's really, I I see it as um, having retreats. Uh, Not only do we go away and we eat things, but I bring in people who can um, teach you something that you don't know about a glorious lifestyle. I am absolutely in love, for instance, with this woman named Yamana. She would be great on your your podcast. Y-A-M-U-N-A-H. And I met her later in life um, because I had a messed up back and messed up feet. And I heard of her through someone else and through alternative work, meaning not meds. She had, she brought me back to life. Anyway, those are the kind of life sustaining guests I would like to have on these weekends away. It's not just hanging out, but there will be hanging out. Maybe we'll take a little motorcycle trip. The point is it's a, a gloriousness and a vivaciousness that I would like to see uh, go worldwide. So I have a lot of plans. The glorious lifestyle. I like that. Yes. That's yes. brilliant. <laughs> I, I think it's a great TV idea. It seems like it's just like made for Netflix. I mean, my gosh. Oh, my God. And so I, I think I lost my my spin on this young man, but he took it me from this idea to creating this sizzle, which was so much fun. I like working with, with friends. I like it's important to like the people you work with. And uh, we just yeah. laughed all through the making of it. And um, it's done now. And now we just have to do this little thing. Shop it. He made it from something on paper to something I did. And now working with someone, I see the vision of it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Love that. Yeah. Go big. I often tell people our greatest limitation is our lack of imagination. We can only do what we can imagine is possible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Do you know Charlotte Jap? I think you do. Charlotte Jap. Absolutely. Very dear friend of mine. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's. So adorable. And uh, we had uh, a breakfast the other day. And, um, you know, I was talking about her. Now I really want to to work with, to integrate younger people. And we just came up with a million ideas of having um, uh, little opportunities around town, gatherings. And um, it, it could be younger mentors meeting older mentors, but not in the usual way, in a feisty, fun way. Um, That's where I see it going next, really to uh, make an impact on these young kids and have them, you know, let go of this timeline that can be very rigid. Hmm. Don't. 
Yeah, I think it causes younger people a lot of anxiety. And Charlotte yes. is like is perfect for that. She did Circle for a number of years, which was exactly this intergenerational exactly. Uh, mentoring. Exactly. She was when I met her. She was twenty four, and she was an art director at Vice, and I was a photographer. <laughs> I was like ten oh, years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, no, she's brilliant. Yeah. She's brilliant. So that's what, and I had been a member of Circle. It was great, but uh, mine would take it in a different aspect. But that's that's also a part of this. That's also an arm. So I'm sure we know a lot of the same people. <laughs> what Mary Jane do you want to leave my people with? What do you want them to know? Mm. You know, I wrote this down earlier because I definitely wanted, I will say this, you know, um, I would like us all to realize instead of looking at the years ahead as a closing of opportunities, to look at them as an opening up of opportunities, imaginative living, imaginative aging. That's what I would like to share, that it is possible and it's work. It's work to start thinking that way, to start treating your body that way and start treating opportunities that way. Um, I, too, hate the word mm. retire. So I would just say look forward with openness and imagination about what could happen. Absolutely. I love that message. Mary Jane, thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you or Glorious Broads, what do they do? Get a hold of me at my email, mj at Glorious Broads, but really a lot through Instagram at Glorious Broads, a lot of TikTok, but mostly I'm an Instagram girl. And uh, we're having a lot of fun talking to people on the streets on Instagram. And and if you're glorious, write me. (laughs) We'll have an interview with you. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully we get to hang out in New York. If anyone out there is interested in what's going on with Mary Jean Fahey, go to gloriousbroads.com or check out their Instagram at gloriousbroads. And gentlemen, this applies to you too. I think we can all learn a lot out there from seeing what's going on with the other gender. All right. We're going to get with Just Try This. In just a quick moment after a word from our sponsors. One supplement that I take every day is MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. It contains urolithin A. There's a tremendous amount of science out there about urolithin A, and it's all very positive. Urolithin A helps us with something called mitophagy, which is cleaning out our older, not-so-functional mitochondria. And at 65, I've built up some dysfunctional mitochondria, cleans those out, replaces them with new, better-functioning mitochondria. What it does is it helps us with all the energy production in our bodies, our brains, our immune systems, our muscles, all of those include mitochondria. They're the energy powerhouse, and we want to have the best mitochondria we can. This is why I take MitoPure every day, why members of my scientific board take it, why their families take it. It's a great product. If you go to timelinenutrition.com slash ageist, Use the code AGIST at checkout, and you'll save 10% on your first purchase. This week on Just Try This, I want to speak to you guys a little bit about sort of the yin-yang, the inhale-exhale that I find works pretty well. What I mean by this is if we're going to, for instance, work on our physicality at the gym, we want to get stronger, you don't get stronger at the gym. 
You get stronger because of what you did at the gym and then the recovery afterwards. And I find that this is a really good metaphor for really all of life. I can't personally be full-on social all the time. I need a night or two nights a week where I just sort of recover and I bring myself back to myself. Same thing with the gym. I find that you know the most valuable thing that a trainer does with me is tells me when to slow down and when to take a couple of days off because you know I just forget. I'm one of those types. But we need to do both. We need to do that expansion as well as the contraction. It can't just be all about contraction and laying on the sofa and doing nothing. That's not going to work out so well. But the same thing on the other end, we can't just go full on in whatever endeavor we're at. We're just going to overload. We're going to overstress ourselves, either mentally, emotionally, socially, or physically. So this week on Just Try This, I want you guys to just sort of keep in mind that rhythm and figure out what's right for you. There isn't really any standard on this. It's really up to us to decide, okay, I need more socialization. Okay, I got to get out there. I need to go more to the gym. I need to ride a bike more. I need to learn more, whatever it is. And then also to figure in a recovery period. So do you need to just sort of veg out a couple nights a week? Awesome. And we do that so that then the next week, we can bring in more information. We can meet more people. We can help more people. We can go to the gym and we can get stronger, whatever it may be. So this week, I just try this. Think about that rhythm. Inhale, exhale. Go out there, expand, and then recover. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the show this week. This is the time where I ask for something from you guys. Could you leave us a rating? One star? Five stars? Five stars. We like those better. And if you can, leave us a comment. And what we would really love is for you to share this with your community, with your friends. If you have a suggestion for us, you can send it to us. David at superage.com. I answer all of my email promptly and directly. I hope everyone had a wonderful Valentine's Day. We will be with you from New York City next week with another wonderful guest. Thanks so much for joining us today. Take care now.